Hello, this is David Brim, and I'm the founder of Orlando Entrepreneurs. We are the hub for Orlando entrepreneurship, and our mission is to connect, cultivate, and celebrate our local entrepreneurs. We bring together our local entrepreneurial ecosystem to help impact our entrepreneurs, their companies, and our local economy. Learn more at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. Now over to Josh Wilson to get forward with our show. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Orlando Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I want to bring you guys great conversations with entrepreneurs here in Orlando, thought leaders, people who are building, investing, and growing Orlando's ecosystem. And uh, on today's show, I'm having a conversation with actually one of my good friends. Uh, we've known each other for a while. I've been I've been on him saying, "Man, we got to get you on the <laughs> on the show." And then finally, the clouds parted, the sunlight came through, and I got to bring on my friend Charlie Lewis. Charlie Lewis, such a good friend, I can't even pronounce your name. <laughs> yep, Charlie Lewis to the show. Charlie, welcome to the Orlando Entrepreneur Show. And thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So, man, this is such an honor uh, to sit in your office and to to hear about your your uh, investments and the things that you've got going on. But why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, I'll give me, I'm going to give you the short version of that because there's a lot of different irons in the fire, so to speak. But um, I am a, an investor. I'm a, well, let's start. Let's go let's backtrack a little bit. I'm a husband and a father of two daughters, two and four. Um, I'm a business owner that does you know recruiting and staffing and I'm an investor that invests in technology companies locally and a community event organizer so high level those are the main things that I do yeah nice so let's, let's kind of break them you know into the little section so let's start with blue wave tell us a little bit about blue wave yeah so um, blue wave was a company that started December of 2014 and we do technology recruiting, marketing recruiting, and sales recruiting, but mostly for um, venture capital, private equity-backed companies that are in high growth mode. Uh, so we go in and you know mentor some of these early stage companies that maybe get five million of venture capital, don't have a talent acquisition team, and they're in that stage in life where the VC is breathing down their neck and saying. Okay, we gave you money. Time to grow it and scale it, um, and they don't even have like a HR person. So, Blue Wave will partner with them, guide them through those waters, and help them find the people they need to hit their benchmark growth numbers. Yeah, got it. So you're you help the startup company by bringing them talent and actually giving them some guidance from an investor standpoint. Like, here's some things that you need for growth. At this stage, you need this person. At this stage, you need this kind of person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do a lot of resource planning for them within the first year, um, give them realistic ideas of um, hiring benchmarks so we can get this many people probably hired for you and onboarded within this period of time. So we'll set monthly and quarterly go goals for them. Um, a lot of times they already have those resource plans and we'll just help them understand that's not gonna be reality when you're in a really tight labor market with less than 3% unemployment. You're not gonna be able to hire 10 devs next month. Just not realistic. So we, we're, we're kind of like their coaches for hiring, um, but also can deliver talent for them too in that process. Yeah. Okay. And then, so why would a venture capital, private equity, hedge fund, or, or any type of these holding companies or groups, <clears throat> investment groups, why would they want to work with a, a group like Blue Wave? Sure. In, the cool thing about it is, is we are partnered with a lot of venture capital groups. They open up their entire portfolios to us and they say, you know, we need this here and this here and this company's about ready to get an investment. So um, we're good partners, not just because we're good at what we do, but because we have had experience going through that scaling process. We've had experience knowing what sort of roadblocks they're going to hit early on. Um, we know how to be realistic about talent, making sure that their comp plans are on point, they're paying fair market rates, and are they going to find the resources that they need where they're located? Are they going to have to co-locate somewhere? Things of that nature. So um, aside from that, in our experience and what we do well, it's really our client list. Our client list is comprised of 
again, a group of venture capital-backed companies that are technology-driven. A lot of them are SaaS companies that are, are just trying to completely disrupt a market. And we've been there through that journey for you know, a couple years now, and we're, we're like passionate about it. We, we geek out about it with them. So we, the, the real reason that we're doing this is because we just freaking love doing it. Um, staffing can be super, super boring. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, you know, um, I, I'm not trying to just put a bunch of customer success people on at Walmart, which Walmart's a great company, right? I mean, they're massive. But um, I like to see technology come in and disrupt a market and be a part of that company in any capacity that's disrupting industries. That's fun. So with that, you've got to understand their business, right? Yeah. And then you've got to understand the needs that they have, and then you've got to go hunt for that person. Yep. Culture matching is a big piece of it, too. I mean, every company has a completely different culture. And, and one thing I try to get people to understand, culture is not ping pong tables, free snacks, and kegerators in the office. That's pretty much just your standard office setup yeah. now, right? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna put an office together. We need a kegerator. Oh yeah, we need some desk. Maybe we got a culture. We got a culture. Yeah. No, your culture um, literally stems from your leadership team, and honestly, the leadership team is usually built by the C-level suite or the CEO, and how that person thinks and operates and treats people is going to trickle down through the entire organization. And you have to be very careful about your leadership team when you're building a company that's growing rapidly because you can destroy your culture. And a lot of times I see early funded VC-backed companies get derailed very quickly because they have grown so fast they've lost control of their culture. The real culture, not the ping pong table culture. Give us, a, give us a word of advice or a word of wisdom or a word of warning. For a high growth company, you know, in our audience, you know, someone's listening in, they've got a high growth tech SaaS company, give that, give that leader a piece of advice. Um, man, I, I think that you have to be humble. Humility is really, really big. Um, you have to be confident because people aren't going to invest in you if you're not confident. But there's a big difference between being overly cocky and being humbly confident. Take and listen to people around you that have done it before. You might be really, really good at selling this widget or this product or this SaaS thing. That, that might be what you're really, really good at. But not everybody is good at taking a good product to a multi-million or billion dollar market size without leaning on people who have done it around them before. So you've got to be humble and you've got to just ask a lot of questions from a lot of people and take on as many mentors that will allow you to mentor you. Like I, I have so many mentors that put me in check all the time and at first, I'm like, well, freaking what he knows? <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> what does this billionaire know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sleep on it, and I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I'm just really a, a kid in this game, and I don't own a billion-dollar company yet. I'd like to someday, but you've got to be humble enough to take that advice. So, yeah, build your mentorship and be humble about it. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's your recruiting because you do, you know, ten things, right? So that's that's yeah. the recruiting business, yes. and, and you're growing it. Give us an idea on because uh, it started in 2014, December, right? Yes. Yep. Give us an idea of, of where how far you've come from. Then. Oh man, um, since then, I really couldn't be in this market for at least a year. I had a non compete when I exited my last company, um, and you know, I'm sure uh, Mr. Newsom's probably going to hear this podcast, so. Hey, buddy. Good day, sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just, you know, anyway, respect to that non-compete. And um, in that interim, I really started getting into investing during that period and cut my teeth on some small investments. And then a group of other friends of mine that I kind of grew up with that 
now have successful companies also wanted to do some investing. So they put together basically a, a, a investor club. And really the goal of the investor club originally was to do a couple investments. You know, everybody does 10 grand a piece or 20 grand a piece. And, you know, we can come up with 100 grand and launch a company that can maybe do something with our seed money. Um, and then we can hang out, um, you know, Park Ave and have beers and talk about it. <laughs> so it's really just a reason to have beers and talk about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, that quickly grew and being so involved in the startup scene, the technology scene, and um, the opportunities that it's opened up over the past four years. Um, I've now had the ability to do multiple investments through this angel group, um, all mainly within the technology world, um, but not all SaaS products, practice management, software products, fintech you know, companies, um, most recently, um, a life-saving drone drone deployment company. So, props to Archer Gordon if you're listening. Yeah. You might listen to, um, and a couple other companies. So it's it's been it's been a really fun experience to get to do investing. Because you're saving lives through investing. I guess you so. are literally a lifesaver yeah. now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I guess so. I don't, not really, but yeah. <laughs> we can say that if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. So you've got your HR company that you're building and growing. And, and like, yeah. every time I come, there's like new people in the office and it's like growing. It's Yeah, we are hiring. Actually, just before you came in, I was interviewing somebody. Oh, so nice. we made an offer to somebody last week. And yeah, we are looking for the best of the best talent in Central Florida that share the same passions we do. Yep. Awesome. So, yeah. And now, and you have an investment club, an angel club. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, right now, it's Wet Paint. I'm sorry, not Wet Paint. That's our old one. That's another one. Um, yeah, Blue Wave Investment Partners. Um, so basically, Blue Wave Investment Partners is kind of the umbrella that does the investments, and our angel group does a um, single purpose LLC per investment. So it would be like Blue Wave Investment Partners. You know, company X, you know, Blue Wave Investment Partners, Archer. And so we name the investment through that 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 sort of name, Blue Wave Investment Partners. When you invest into a company. When we invest into an LLC, yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have that. And then one of my favorite things that you're doing is, you know, tech and beer. Tell us yeah. about tech and beer here in Orlando. Um, yeah, so tech and beer was a technology networking group that was started by Pandera Systems. Um, I worked with Josh, the CEO, and Tommy, his kind of like right-hand man, to um, originally, after their first event, I was like, I want in. And they're like, okay, well, you can sponsor us. And so I did. Um, and I also said, any way you need me to help get involved, I'd love to help you guys organize it. And it's been a really great partnership with them over the past couple years. And recently they launched it nationally and wanted me to run the Orlando piece of that. So currently I um, am organizing and running Orlando Tech and Beers, which is an awesome, fun group. We can bring two to 300 people together every month for um, a networking event that's like inspirational. We collaborate, we highlight tech companies, we highlight startups, we bring venture capital out. Um, but I can't execute it without a team. I've got a great team of local enthusiasts that support it. People like Gordon, people like Alfred and Andrea, my team, literally, like without them, we couldn't do it. So there, it's, it's never just one person, you know, Good things can only happen with teams. And so it's a good team. It's a good but, team. Yeah, we love it. Orlando Tech and Beer. All right. You've got to come out. If you are in technology, do a job. If you're looking for a job, <laughs> if you want to invest in companies, if you want to be where the talent is, uh, big corporations out there, tech companies, DOD, come out. We have the talent. That's, that's where they're all hanging out. And it's yeah. a fun event because we talk about technology while. Drinking beer. Yeah, drinking beer. And usually eating tacos. Yeah. yeah. So free tacos and free beer and technology. I mean, I don't, can you think of anything better? No, nah, it's pretty awesome. No, I was just saying. <laughs> I was just saying. <laughs> I was trying. Yeah. Um, so 
Now, we, we kind of gave a high-level overview of who Charlie is and all the things that you're passionate about doing. But being with so many startups, founders, like not every startup works. No. Not everything is rainbows and sunshines. Like things get tough. And we were talking about this before we hit record. Yep. And you're like, Josh, one thing that I really want to talk about is going through life while doing a startup. Yeah. So why don't you kind of kick it off there? Fill us all in. Yeah. So... I'm pretty passionate about this, and I don't want to get emotional while I'm talking about this, but if I do, I apologize in advance. Um, so in, you know, if anybody out there is going to hear this, I think that the one thing that you'll have to understand is life doesn't stop while you are starting a company and doing the grind. Um, you're going to go through some of the hardest struggles that you probably have ever encountered. Um, at some point during your startup adventure, right? You're also gonna get a hundred no's that are gonna really deflate you and you're gonna wake up and say, what am I doing? I need to go get a job. But if you believe in yourself and your product, I promise you, you can pull it off. There's always gonna be a solution out there. So, um, you know, we talked about this, overcoming personal life adversity while you're staying focused on your company growth is really, really difficult. And it's very easy to find excuses for why things don't launch or work or why they're not successful. Um, and I've just over the past six months have had to overcome a lot of personal adversity. Um, and I was just telling you, I'll just share just real briefly. Um, you know, six months ago, I had a little brother, he's a pilot. He um, was two months away from getting his commercial license. He's about 26 years old. I've been really proud of him all my life. And on his way to doing a, a, a private uh, pilot's training session, um, which he was on contract for training Air Force pilots. He was on his way there. Middle of the day, 11 o'clock a.m., you know, kid doesn't even doesn't drink you know he doesn't do anything that would cause this to happen but somehow his car lost lost control i think uh, a, a, a semi tapped him but that's just my own theory but lost control of his car got into a car crash uh, lost his left leg and pretty much crushed his dreams of being a pilot i flew up there and basically he he's lucky to be alive he made it out of um, the icu after about a week and um that really took a blow to me because you know I really care about my little brother um, about that same time my mom was diagnosed with leukemia it was pretty rapid um, and she ended up passing and dying of leukemia two months after that happened with my brother um, and I spent a week with my mother in hospice you know unfortunately saying my goodbyes to her and leukemia and that was about three months ago um, and then about a month and a half later um, you know, we're not going to get into detail, but yeah. uh, I dealt with the exit of my business partner that, you know, I launched Blue Wave with. And so I think for any normal person, any one of those events could have really derailed their trajectory, their company growth. Um, I, you know, family and health is always number one. And I took my time aside and dedicated it to those those different situations to make sure that you know I didn't have any regrets in life but um, there's a lot of different things that can happen in your life that you can make excuses for why it won't work but I I promise you every single person has their own set of very very heavy problems and we can never understand where anybody else stands with their own personal problems and nobody's problems are more important than anybody else's. And they're always very heavy and they're always the most significant thing happening in that person's life. So you have to understand and have compassion. But you can't let that stop your forward progress. If you're chasing something and you're passionate about it, don't let those things that happen in life derail you. And... Um, I don't know. I, I think that is, is one of the most important things you can take away when you're starting a company and you are going to be hit with so much personal turmoil and bumps in the road and 
even on the professional side of the house, I can remember our first year in business where um, we had a really big project launch and I had to put like 15 resources out in the field and I had to float that those 15 resources for like a 60 day payroll float. And I don't think I had the, I didn't have the cash to do that at the time. Um, it was a really healthy business, you know, it was with enterprise sale client, I'm not allowed to say the name of the client, but it's an enterprise sale client that always pays their bills. Um, one of the happiest places on earth. But anyway, um, we were able to find that capital after about five different you know, banks and investors all said no, we were able to find a company that was like, wow, this is really healthy, healthy business. We're going to create a whole new short-term line of credit for you guys. It's just, you know, carved out for you. So, I don't know, man, overcoming adversity in your personal life and in your professional life is, it's, you don't make excuses. If you catch yourself making an excuse, be like, hold on, let's just come up with a solution and overcome it. You know, you've interviewed probably thousands of people, right? Yeah, yeah, thousands, thousands. When, when you're interviewing someone, do you look for someone who has overcome life adversities? What, like, I guess, is are those the things that you look for when you're interviewing someone? Uh, absolutely. I try to figure out when. My first mission is to expose their failures, and. And then once I expose their failures, um, some, I'm giving interview tips. Now, this, this sucks because now if I'm going to interview somebody, they're going to know how to. Yeah. This is the interview hack right here. Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> if you're listening in, take notes, especially if you want to job with Charlie. Yeah, if you're going to interview with me, this is what you have to do. Um, so I try to figure out their failures. And then I dig in on those failures and try to figure out if they take ownership of those failures and have found a way to learn and then implement that learning into their next move, or if they pass blame. It's so easy to pass blame. Oh, well, you know, this was happening in my life at that time and I just wasn't enough bandwidth to be successful at it. Or, um, yeah, the leadership team didn't have the resources put in place for me to be successful. Mm. Or, yeah, um, it was a great idea, but, we just didn't get enough support from our investors to really be able to get it launched the way it appropriately needed to be launched. It's just, no, no. You no. just know in your head right off the bat, if someone starts pace, placing blame, yes, they're probably not a fit. They're probably not gonna be a fit, yeah. It, it uh, we all fail. Failure is one of the steps to succeeding, and you just gotta fail a lot. The more you fail and fail and fail and fail and fail, the more you learn and the better you get, and then all of a sudden you're just a, a really well-sharpened knife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's the right analogy. Samurai sword. It's a samurai sword. Um, yeah, but, but it's, I own my failures. You know, if somebody leaves my organization, Almost to a fall, I internally ask myself, shoot, what did I not do? What did I not build? You know, what, what did I not teach them enough to make sure that they were engaged? I mean, the truth is sometimes, you know, just some people aren't going to be the right fit. They're just, we're all wired differently. Yeah. But um, I still, doesn't stop me from looking at that and being like, where in my hiring process, where in my training process, where in my mentor, mentoring, what, did I, what could I have done differently that next time I bring somebody in, this doesn't happen again. And some of my biggest growth moments, honestly, have been from some of my ex-employees. There's a whole team that works for a competing recruiting firm that knows me as is the like Stalin of the staffing world. Um, and I have since taken that feedback and evolved into somebody who I think would be somebody I would want to work for, you know? So you got to evolve, you got to learn. Yeah. So in the process of learning and growth and going through adversity, like how do you keep pumping forward and growing a business when life is happening? 
Yeah. Like what what keeps what can we hold on to? What can we keep you know, keep our eyes on? Well, be sure that, that what you're doing you're happy and you're passionate about. You know? If you're not happy with the company you're working for, you need to quit immediately. You need to just quit. Like it paying bills is overrated. <laughs> like <laughs> being a slave for paying bills is overrated. You know what? Downsize. Figure it out. Um, you, you need to be like, this is cool. I like this. I want to do this. Um, I think that that's worth a pay cut. I think that's, you know, nothing is, is more valuable than freedom and passion. So if you're, that's the first step. Like if, if you're chasing after something, you're trying to grow something, like I like what we're doing. I think this is cool, this is fun, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy my team, I enjoy how we operate. Um, I enjoy this office, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's really what keeps me going. So no matter what's happening in my life, um, I can get excited and happy about what's happening with, within my business growth and um, life is going to happen. That's going to happen. And you know what? We're all going to die and people are going to get sick and family members are going to go. And it's just, if you are always letting the, those, those things derail you, how could you ever be productive? Mm. You know, I mean, I think every single person that is in this room or listening or whatever can think of one thing that's going on in their life right now that could like totally just, just bring them down if they let it. So I just don't let anything bring me down. I just, I mean, I'll have bad days. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'll reset every every day. Right. Reset. Talk Move to us forward. about a practical application on how you reset. Because someone's listening and yeah. going, oh, that sounds like a great yeah. idea, Charlie. How do I do that, right? Yeah. My wife says I'm really good at compartmentalizing catastrophe. <laughs> uh, that, that's a really good question. Um, first of all, this is a real simple basic thing, like physical activity is, is absolutely mandatory. Absolutely mandatory. Like I just don't think you can truly be happy and successful unless you have carved and scheduled out an endorphin release. And it could just be like walking around the block. That could be what resets you. Um, you know, I have a time every morning. I get up really early. How early? Um, probably around between 5.15, 5.30-ish. Nice. And um, the quiet time in the morning, I really get to clear my thoughts. Um, and I think that that is really important. I don't think everybody needs to get up really. Like, I, I'm really over that. You know, like, oh, see another successful guy. I should get up at five freaking o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That, that doesn't necessarily, maybe that's not what you need to do. Maybe your time's from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. where you just go out and walk around the lake, you know, and, and get your mind straight. Uh, maybe it's a yoga class or maybe it's going to the gym, but physical activity is where I do most of my resets. Um, and then I also, my wife is right, I do compartmentalize. Um, I can take something that is not controllable and understand that I need to just be there to support it, like my mom passing, um, and understand that I also need to be there for the company and be there for that growth at the same time, um, but also not taking away from that, those last, that last period with my mom. But yeah, it's, it's like everybody can reset in their own way. Just because I reset with activity, physical activity and peacefulness in the morning and stuff doesn't mean that everybody needs to have to do that. So pick the one thing that is yours that, and, and, and you can just be like, okay, this is it. This is it. I do this. Um, and this is my reset. Yeah. And decide after you're done with that reset, you're going out with a clean slate. Being in a good mood and being driven is a choice you make every morning. And so that's how you, that's how you have to do it. So what's your reset? Are you, are you allowed to tell us? It's, it's, the, it's the physical activity Like what me. though? Yeah, well I mean I CrossFit um, or anything. I, I mean I, I don't, 
no, I'll work out, I'll run, I'll CrossFit, um, skateboard. Swim. I skateboard, I yeah. surf, yeah, I do that. Um, those are those are my resets. That's how I get reset. Yeah. But um, and I haven't done a good job at resetting myself. You know, I, yeah. I'll go on long walks or something. But I used to, I used to surf all the time or skateboard yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, this is good for for me to listen to. Like being a host of a podcast show yeah. is a great way to get a lot of free advice. Yeah, right. Everyone should do that. I think the one thing you have to remember though is like make sure that <clears throat> when you're doing a reset, which you know that's what we're calling it. I guess a reset. Yeah. <laughs> do make sure that when you're doing a reset that you don't have. Um, any input like external like we're just surrounded with so many things we got phones we got tvs yeah. we got computers we got all this crap like that's just like putting information in you putting information in you and if you are if you are bringing information in you have no time to reset yourself so you can't say like oh i reset by watching um netflix for an hour at night Actually, you're not actually resetting anything. You're just taking more input. Hmm. You really have to make sure the stuff that you're resetting is it has to be like time where you don't have a lot of input. And, you know, I would suggest making like a little bit of a quiet time, a little bit of physical activity. Um, but that's, but it, but it can't be like just watching TV or listen to the radio that's not that good of a reset i don't think yeah. got it so that's kind of like step one is how to you know how to become positive how to reset how to how to choose that because you said that is a, it's a choice, choice right so physical activity uh turn off the input for a little bit yeah you know what other practical things have you experienced because you're a happy dude like every time i see you like you're you're very positive even when you're telling me bad news you're still positive yeah uh, uh well I like to surround myself with positive people as much as possible. Like I try to get people that are negative away from me. That is something that you have to do. That's just a life thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it really is a choice. You can, you can let things get you down and, you know, a lot of people like, you know, suffer with like depression and, and all of those things are real things out there. But, um, every single day, I just go, okay, it's a new day. What happened yesterday does not affect what happens moving forward. And I do that little talk to myself and I go, we're gonna go out, we're gonna crush it. I'm gonna make an impact here. I'm gonna walk into my office. I'm gonna make a list of exactly what we're gonna impact that's important and urgent. You know, use that whole um, urgent, not important, important, or, you know, that yeah. whole, I don't know what that chart is called. I can't remember the name of it right now, but. We'll call it the urgent chart. The urgent chart. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, make sure you you like prioritize. I do. That's a that is a, a thing that I think that really gets overwhelming for me. I get overwhelmed sometimes. Um, I know a few other CEOs that run some pretty high growth companies, and that's a reoccurring theme. Like, oh my god, I need like two or three of me. Um, I get overwhelmed, and I just have to stop and take a breath, and then go. What's the most important thing right now? What do I have to accomplish right now that is urgent, that's important, that has to be accomplished, and now where can I go carve time out for strategy? And you, know, you have to make time for both, but did I miss the question? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I forgot, I think I forgot the question. Yeah. All right, so you brought up a good point. You said that this is something that, you know, in a startup world, you know, people just getting started, how to overcome adversity, how to, you know, like bring on the right people, the right culture. Yeah. But then we, we started talking about some of the big companies and the, the you know, um, really successful CEOs are experiencing different different types of problems, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, from your time in venture capital and investing and, and seeing all this, what do CEOs of larger companies or more successful high growth companies, what, what kind of problems are they having? Um. So there's enterprise scale. I, I kind of put it into like you know three main categories. You've got you know small startups that are really just looking for funding and trying to get their feet off the ground. You've got your SMBs, your small mid-sized businesses, which a lot of them are in scaling mode. And then you have enterprise, an enterprise level CEO, somebody who's 
you know, CEO of a you know, Fortune 500 company is in a whole different hemisphere of problems. And I'm not going to speak to that because I only I have a few of those friends that are mentors, but you don't deal with the same level problems with that level that you do in, in the small and medium sized businesses. So I'm talking about companies that I would say are 200 million or under size. Okay. Um, there, there is a transitional period where you go from startup to a real company and then from a real company to like a mid-sized company. And a lot of leaders in that transition, um, they get stuck and sometimes I see them fail when they are working in their business and they're not working on their business. And you know, there's, um, there's a book out there that talks about this, um, the E-Myth, Re- E-Myth Revisited, mm-hmm. which um, you know, one of my old mentors turned me on to, but it, it's about creating, it, creating an, a process and creating the strategy and working on the growth of your company as it goes into that transitional period, because at first you have to do everything. Like when we get done with this, my ops manager is out, so I have to run payroll. <laughs> I haven't run payroll in a long time, so I'm not even sure if I can remember how to do it. People might get a few extra zeros. So. <laughs> I'll err on the side of paying them more, but like, you know, that's working in your business. You know, that's doing the things that you need to do from a day to day perspective. And many times they, they get so into it as an engineer that they don't step outside and say, okay, I got to focus on strategy. Where are we going in five years? Where are we going next year? Uh, are we hiring? Are we doing this? So I think that a big struggle whenever you're making it, when you've kind of made it, so to speak, now you've got a company that's running and it's, and it's actually profitable and you're... Now you can decide kind of what path you're going to take. Um, making sure that you are working on your business at all times, empowering people around you on your team to help you and, and, and prop that company to success is very crucial. Because um, if you try to do it all, you can't do it. You know, I can't do, my team is everything to me. If you, if I, if you take away my team, I'm screwed. You know, and I have empowered each one of them in different ways that cater to their strengths to make sure that the, we can grow and scale. And that has been very successful for me in, in what we've done. So uh, you said you cater to their strengths. Yeah. I, I feel like there's something there, right? So mm-hmm. like, do you, do you put people in boxes or do you tr- try to find out like what, uh, talk to us about how you leverage people's strengths. Oh yeah. So, so, um, I used to always like in my twenties as a leader, put people in boxes. You're doing this and this is how we do this. And you're doing this and you're getting out, right? This is your role. That was my, yeah, this is your role. You're going to execute. You're going to be awesome at this. But what I've realized is that, um, a business needs so many different layers of people that are good at different things. And while we are, at the core, a talent acquisition company. We're a company that does recruiting. We find people for companies. There's a consulting piece, there's the HR piece, there's operational piece, you know, all that's a part of it, but we find people for companies. But at the same time, um, I have people on my team who have, who are just naturally good in front of the camera. They're naturally good in, at, um, digital and, and marketing and, and social media. Some of them are naturally good at operations. Um, some are very strategic at sales strategy and growth and positioning. And I've always tried to, to identify when I'm, when I first hire an employee and I'm working with them for a while, identify like, wow, you're like naturally gifted at that. Why don't I have you own a piece of what you're naturally gifted at that is way better than what I can do in that skill set and have that be an additional piece of what you do for our organization? So all of us here recruit. I even recruit. I was interviewing somebody right before we talked. 
But at the same time, I have my things that I'm good at and I do for Blue Wave. Um, my team is the same way. So I, I try to put people in charge of things that they're just really good at. What is your superpower? Um, I am I am like a king at networking. Like I just always know a guy for that. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what it is. I got a guy. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, I got a guy for that. Um, and I know so many people. I, it's just like, and I'm a chameleon. I have, I can be friends with anyone and respect their differences and appreciate their differences. And uh, I'm always trying to like figure out how people and what they are passionate about work into a big puzzle piece in my brain. And that's, that's what I'm good at. What yeah. do you not good at? Oh man, I am, <laughs> I am, uh, I, I have to work really hard at being like really compassionate. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like, I've really had a tough life. I grew up in a tough life and I'm not good with, with pity, like, like self-pity, like, woe yeah. is me, I'm just a victim. I just can't, I can't stand it. That's, that's my biggest weakness. Okay. I like, okay, I'm like more of a problem solver. Okay, you got that problem, let's, let's fix it. Let's just, what can we do to overcome it? Um, nice. So I need to work on my compassion on all levels, and I, I consciously do it. Um, yeah, what's a weakness? When you're looking at, CEOs, you've interviewed a lot of people. You've put, you've uh, worked with venture capital groups and investment groups to yeah. to find the right kind of leaderships. What do you look for in a in, in leadership? So we're talking C-suite and above, right? So when you're on a high growth company, yep. a high growth SaaS or tech, what kind of characteristics are you looking for when you look for suite uh, the C-suite people? Yeah. Um. A lot of times. When we're working with a venture capital group, you know, just you know, just to answer that like very factually, they're looking for industry specific depth of knowledge. So a lot of times when we're looking for C suite, we're going hunting in that vertical. So hey, we need somebody who's taking a fintech company from this revenue to that revenue, or a practice management software company to this, or whatever SaaS client to this. So so if you take if you take like outside of just looking for people that are from that, that background vertical, um, you have to look, for me, for leaders that have that, um, that positive energy. You know, I think that's, that's something that, that uh, is crucial for a C-level person. They've gotta be high energy. They have to be somebody who's inspirational. So if you're gonna be a company leader, you need to figure out what about you is inspirational to others because people work for people because they like those people and they inspire them because they can get a paycheck from anybody today. You know? Yeah. So if you're going to be a C-suite, be inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Word. All right. So we've got recruiting. We got Blue Wave Investment Partners. Yes. You got Tech and Beer. Yeah. What's the future of Charlie look like? So when we, you know, when we see you, like, where where are you going? Um, well, we have a second healthcare recruiting firm that I'd like to see launch and be successful, but those are kind of like my day job. Um, there's a software product that's in incognito that's for stealth mode, huh? stealth mode at the moment. Yeah. Um, so launching that product, but my end goal is within 10 to 15 years to have talented people running these companies um, while I can focus on investing in the community that I'm in, which right now is Central Florida. I love Central Florida. I own property here. I'm invested here. I'm anticipating staying here for a long time unless my daughters decide to take me somewhere else. But um, you know, for the next decade or two, I would like to get the capital energized so I, I see myself running a fund within 10 to 15 years, you know, that's putting significant money into the market here. Um, we're still very seed round right now with what investing that we do. Um, but there's just so much potential 
there's a lot of badass companies here. So I want to do my part to support it. And I love investing and helping companies. And so, yeah. Are you able to talk about some of the companies you've invested in? Maybe give some shout outs? Sure. Um, Yeah, we've invested. Well, one of the first investments we ever did was a company called Fat Merchant. Um, Sal and Sunira are absolutely crushing it. And, you know, that was the type of investment where we were lucky to have the opportunity to be in on that cap table. Um, That's a good cap table to be on. It was a good one to be on, yeah. We were very fortunate that they even carved a little bit out for us to invest in. Um, And then I, you know, not to dilute it too much, but there's a practice management company that we invested in that I won't drop the name of, but we also invested in Archer First Response Systems recently. Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Um, His, it's been great to see him evolve and his life-saving drone deployment system that is now already revenue positive and we have commitments for installations in different areas tampa general i think is launching it right now but um and then another one that actually is going through this week that i can't talk about but it's it's a subscription-based platform for um offices we'll just leave it at that for now (laughs) cool um and then um you know some of them are very much we want to publicize and some of them you don't always yeah you know just just because of the nature of the investing and and how they go but we do a lot of we 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 sit and do pitch private pitch events with a lot of smaller companies that are looking for investment so um, it's a variety of different stuff. Cool. Yeah, those are the only two I'm going to drop for now. There you go, there you go. <laughs> what question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you, that I completely missed the mark? Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think, you know, my I think of that, I, ho- hopefully giving somebody something to take away. That That's it. Like, I... Um, I love what I'm doing and I love all the people I get to interact with. You know, I love knowing you, you know, I love you too. Yeah. You say I love you. I love you. I love you too. Either way. It's yeah. just, I just, I, I love all of the people that are around me that are doing cool stuff in the tech community and not just tech community, but there's a bunch of cool startups that are happening here that aren't just tech companies. Mm-hmm. Every company now should be tech driven. If you're not, we got to talk. But um, just seeing people start companies and create a path of stuff that they're passionate about is what gets me excited. And um, I have managed to find a way to make a living getting involved. And I knew that I couldn't start all of those companies just out of a bandwidth thing. So I get to like sit on the board for four companies. And um, give them advice, in my opinion, whether they want that or not, and be a part of their growth, and get to have you know secondhand excitement, like oh, it's awesome! You know, I don't think a day goes by that you know I, I've I've been working with uh, a guy named Mark who started a company called Staffer, which is an app for finding employees for the hospitality world, but. Uh, Anyway, just hearing about things that he's got from day to day and being able to help guide and coach him on different things, and you know, it's just fun. So, I don't know. I think the one thing that I want everybody to take away is just make sure you're having fun doing what you're doing, or else do something else. Do something else. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, where could people go to find out more about you and connect with you? The master of networking. Yeah. Where, where could people go to learn more about you and network with you? Um... I mean, connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. You know, I'm easy to find. It's Charlie Lewis, Blue Wave Resource Partners. Um, you know, we're on Instagram. Blue Wave RP is kind of like our tag for everything. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Most of the content that we push out really doesn't have much to do with just staffing per se. So it's not like if you follow Blue Wave, you're going to get staffing tip 101 <laughs> reading your resume tip 101 um 
it's good content. It's like cool stuff that's happening, cool companies that are happening. One of my guys here, Joey, runs Joey's Tech Talk. Kevin runs Finally Friday. Like just there's a lot of good content we've been pushing out. So it's follow us, Blue Wave RP. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way. And if someone wants to go to Tech and Beer, cool meetup. Um, Tech and Beer has multiple cities across the nation now. So if you, if you are in one of those partner cities, I think Jacksonville, Tampa, um, you know, we're all the way out to San Francisco, or not San Francisco, but um, all the way out to California now. I think it's Santa Monica is where they're doing that one. Uh, Atlanta. So we've, we're all over the nation now, but if you are in Orlando, follow the Orlando Tech and Beer Group and you'll know where our next event is. Our, our next one um we'll probably have one in late july and in, in uh july and august so usually the last thursday of the month is, is the best time but just join the meetup group come out and have some beers and talk about technology while eating tacos while eating tacos and they're great tacos they're really great tacos it's gringos gringos has been a good partner gringos with us is good yeah. tacos love the tacos well cool hey charlie thanks for coming on the show uh given given your um, tips on how to overcome adversity, how to how to remain positive, how to build growth companies, what to look for, how to interview with you. So now everybody has whoever's <laughs> listening to this point has a secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. On how to get a job with Charlie. Yeah. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Ladies and gentlemen, listening in, uh, this has been a great conversation with Charlie Lewis uh, on the Orlando Entrepreneur Show. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to him, you could go into the show notes and you could click and you could instantly connect with Charlie and his team. So hope to see you around at Tech and Beer. I go out there and, and visit with those guys as much as my two-year-old and six-year-old allow me to. Uh, but I, I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening in. We will talk with you all on the next episode. See y'all. See you, Charlie. See you. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show or start a conversation with me, Josh, your host, send me an email to josh at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. You can also find out more information on Orlando's entrepreneurial ecosystem, discover resources to help you start and grow your business, and subscribe to future shows by visiting www.orlandoentrepreneurs.org.